Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined as always by my man Joe Guire and Jared Jones. We got a great show for you. Recapping last week's fights. Previewing the big UFC pay-per-view this week. And then uh, a nice, interesting who you got and uh, a wild fight announcement. But let's get into the recap. Starting off with Marvin Vittori. Going the distance, getting the unanimous decision over Jack Hermanson. Now I'm going to kick it to you, Joe. You you picked it right. I mean, I was on your side with Vittori as well, but you picked it right. But how does he match up with the top, the Robert Whitakers, and other people at the top of this middleweight division? Well, thank you for saying that, and I did. And I feel like this is one of those situations where. People didn't know him well enough to know how good he was. You know, I've been saying for people, weeks. Look, don't say now. Nah, don't people your way through me. You got something to say. You go ahead and say it. <laughs> no, you're Jared right. Jared Jones you're didn't know who this guy was and didn't think he had a chance. And and listen, I, I want to be very clear on here. Um, there's three of us on this show. Uh, there's my my brother writes for this show. I know the least of anybody. I, I I would I would say I know the least of anybody. I have to watch a lot of fights. That's fair. Historically. Historically. Um in a large gap where I, I didn't watch combat sports uh at all. So that, that was my bad. But I love it in the back and I'm and I'm catching up on, on everything I missed. I had to watch all these fights. I'm watching Vittori and I come across the Israel Adesanya fight. Never heard of this fight, never saw this fight. We talk all the time about how nobody ever took it to Adesanya. What did I tell you? This guy took it to Adesanya. I thought he won the split decision. And as I said, if they had gone five, Adesanya would have lost that fight. I promise you that. Now, if you want him to fight Robert Whitaker or Jared Cannonier or Costa or Till, all the guys now that are ahead of Vittori, sure, pick a guy. Because let's be honest, Adesanya's handled all those guys. I don't see why Vittori needs to handle those guys. I'm sure he will. After the fight, this is this is the, the best. By the way, he broke Hermanson's eye socket in the fight. Most punches ever thrown in a middleweight fight in history. No emotion, very straightforward, very controlled fighter. After the fight, he said, Adesanya said, I'd never be in the top five and in title contention. Well, guess what, motherfucker? I'm here now. What's up? The only guy I've ever seen take it to Adesanya, and he did it exactly the way I told you Whitaker needs to do it, the way I told you uh, Costa needed to do it. This guy's going to do it, or at least die trying. Mm. So, yeah, he goes right to the top as far as I'm concerned. I don't need to see Adesanya beat Whitaker's brains in again. Mm. No, thanks. Not interested. This, this is the only guy I need to. I agree with you. 
This is the only... You're right about him and me. I didn't have the background on him. I thought uh, he kind of caught Adesanya on a rough night. I didn't really see it this the same way you did. But watching the rest of this guy's fights, this guy's serious. Um, I think Costa's the other guy I'd most like to see him against. But we don't work from the bottom up. You know, this is this is the real world, and we don't work from the bottom up. So who I'd like to really see him fight next is not as important as who I'd like the champ to see the champion fight next. And if mm-hmm. and if he's if this is the guy he struggled with and he's cleaned out the division otherwise, he should fight the guy he struggled with. Now, from a personal standpoint, do you take that? I always talk about risk reward. If you're out of Sonya, I beat that guy. Nope. No thanks. I fought a left-handed kid at Scrub Scrabs. Buju, Justin Hayes, birthday was yesterday. Love you, brother. Left-handed, hard charging, figures if you're punching him, you're close enough to hit. That's how this kid fights. I beat him once, three rounds to none. Didn't fight him again, didn't fight him again. We ended up with odd numbers one day, fought him again, won all three rounds, 15 seconds left this hard charger. I'm like, let's trade some shots. I got caught with a body shot and counted out. Sometimes when you catch one against that guy you know is not a bad matchup for you, you walk away and, and say, have a nice day. And if I'm out of Sonya, that's what I do. As a fan, a promoter, and everybody else, this is the guy he should fight. You guys were right about this kid. I'll point out one more thing that Marvin Vittori has called out all of those guys I mentioned ahead of him in the top five. And nobody gave him the time of day, despite what he did to Israel Adesanya. And now he said, screw it. I'm not interested in any of you losers. He already beat all of you. I'll just go get my rematch now. And that's the way I see it. And I'll tell you what, we're going to talk a little bit later on about cutting some of the fat from from MMA. There's a lot of fat in it. Hmm. And, and when, you're, when your top four has already gotten beaten by the champ, and we're we're just going now. We're 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 picking who's going to get beat up a second time. What are you doing with that division? The, right. the only the only guy that could could really stick it to the champ. Nobody wants any part of. Hermanson found out why. How do you fix it? How do you fix that? Yeah. Is there a way to fix that? I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe some way. I mean, if look, I I think if you lose to the champ. I don't think you fall to number three in the rankings. I don't, I don't see how that makes sense. I don't see why you're still in the top five when you lose to the champion. You should drop out of the top five and have to earn your way back in. Whitaker losing and dropping back to number one or number two contender. I mean, come on. He's not. But there's got to be an Is it less weight classes? I'm just spitballing here. Maybe. You remove a weight class or two and jostle a couple pounds here and there. Maybe it, yeah, it, hey. could, it, it could be. Look, there's there. We'll talk about uh, Anthony Johnson later on, a guy who didn't really care about weight weight classes or limits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will get to that. But now let's shift over to boxing. Big fight last weekend as Earl Spence Jr. Su- successfully defends his titles against Danny Garcia via unanimous decision. Now, Jared, what did you think of the fight? And is, from what you saw last week, is Earl Spence Jr. ready for Bud Crawford? 
Uh, I can feel it coming in the arrow tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this kid uh this kid's good you know and 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 i'm gonna be perfectly honest i want to see him fight pacquiao pacquiao who a oh man i i might get in trouble saying some of this but pacquiao who i kind of wish would go away because um he's confusing like he's such an enigma it's like who's the best guy out there and he's like on this list kind of but he's older and you want to see the other guys and um but i think bud crawford beats either one of them i honestly think of those three guys who i'd like to see any of them fight any of them that that's the best matchup we're gonna get is uh spence and pack um just like the last fight we talked about i accurately predicted this thing well, i said 118 uh to 110 uh 116 112 117 111 i i this is exactly what i said was going to happen spence would beat him about the body slow him down and that's the only thing that slows danny garcia down beating his body and then finishing his face off i, I said spence, just a touch closer fair he, I, I, I like errol spence jr he's a great fighter he's a great fighter i understand that can he Doesn't, hold the candle? Can he even survive 12 rounds with Bud, though? No. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you specifically why. And again, I, I, I've been pretty clear on this. I don't think Errol Spence Jr. isn't a great fighter. He certainly is. And he will beat anybody in that division. Just the way he beat Danny Garcia. He doesn't hold a candle to Bud Crawford. Bud Crawford, I believe, would take Errol Spence out in less than six rounds. No doubt about it, because I know Bud will also try to knock him out and probably will just to prove his point. You know, Errol Spence brother... Jr. is, to me, one of those guys where this is like where it's Israel out of Sonya and everybody else. Bud's here. Errol's here. Maybe you throw a couple of names in and then it's a bunch of other people, then the gatekeepers and then everybody else. That's well, where I see brother... Spence. Your brother had talked about Spence pawing a little bit with his left hand. When I see Loma reach out and touch a glove to make it to make an opening, or I see Bud reach up or out in a in a little feint that's a little awkward and from a different angle than most people throw their feints. That's one of the Bud Crawford's greatest weapons if you're watching him. Um, so where he's fainting and gesturing and posturing between and to set up punches, Errol's pawing. And that's why I think Bud, Bud knocks him out. And I think you're right. Bud knocks all of these guys out. And uh, Spence and Pac-Man for second best is probably the best fight we're going to get. Yeah. I mean, there's a they reason. happy with that. There's a reason why Bud Crawford's number one pound for pound and Earl Spence maybe in at ten or Top like 10. maybe Thanks. maybe, but uh, yeah, he, he's not there. He's not on that level. Do we want to see it? Yes, will will happen. Uh, I'm not as confident, but I, I it's a fight that needs to be done. And but Crawford would dominate that fight. Yeah, two two, two quick questions: Is Katie Taylor a better boxer than Earl Spence Jr.? Technically speaking, probably. What yeah. about Bud Crawford? No, no. But I, again, I see, I see comparable. Hmm. I see comparable, and I see That's where, true. and I hate to say this, but where being the woman against Bud, it, it doesn't quite stand up. Just I think the overall speed and power. Um, would would be just a little more, but yeah, I mean, to me, that's why I I think she's fascinating. 
and you why I'd love for them point, to find though, her some people. Comparable. That's all you're going to get. Like if you're looking for Bud Crawford comparable, Loma type comparable, Katie Taylor might be the only other name I want to put on that list. I yeah. don't disagree with you at all. Yeah, I love that. I'll say two other things. Look, Bud makes great fighters lose control and, and fight wild. That's what he does. Is he's such a statistician that that I mean, you you lose your game plan, you lose your cool. You got to start throwing haymakers. That's what happens when you're losing. Everybody's and Errol Spence Jr. doesn't have the knockout power to take butt out. So where you know what I mean? He loses. He loses control. He gets wild. He's going to get knocked out. It's not going to help him. Mm -hmm. So that again would be my big concern for me. And I'll tell you the other thing: that fight, Spence Crawford is not going to happen in 2021 under any circumstances no. at all. And I'll tell you two reasons. Number one, Bud gets out of top rank October of 2021. And then that's when the real business can happen. This is probably a 2022 fight. The other thing is, Bud's an all-time great, like I said. And I think Spence would like another year being in that conversation because he knows he doesn't deserve to be in it. And he doesn't want Bud to answer the question for him. At least not this year. Well, and what you just mentioned is one of the one of the biggest psychological games that that you end up playing with yourself in the fight game is when you get frustrated, you expend more energy, your punches get wider, um, you have less control, you're more likely to get knocked out when you get angry. Um, as I always think it's so funny when laymen say, oh, I know that guy, he would just get pissed off and see red and and, uh, you know, and and leave himself open to all kind of opportunities to get knocked out to somebody who knew what they were doing. You know, that that yeah. whole anger is the enemy and, and you know, fear of that frustration because I keep waking up with blood on my mouth when I get frustrated at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you learn to tame that, but that's what you're talking about. A great boxer. People have talked about with me. I get so frustrated trying to land a punch. That I'm that I'm expending energy with my brain instead of just my body because I'm I can't figure out what to do next, and uh, you let that frustration get the best of you, you're you're more likely to get knocked out. Knocked out. You get tired quicker. Yeah. And uh, that's what Bud. That's one of the things Bud's really really good at. Loma too, and Taylor will frustrate you. I I really think the determining factor in that fight that makes. But so much higher, a higher level than Earl Spence is like, we've seen everything. Earl, Earl Spence isn't doing anything crazy. Like we, we've seen everything Earl Spence can do. We've seen in the past, but no one's switched stances. No one's fought his type of style before. He's very unique. He's, he's a game changer. That's why he's number one pound for pound. No That's one fights like take. this guy. Yeah, Errol is not doing, while great and upper echelon and an elite fighter, he's not doing anything I've never seen before. Those other three fighters I mentioned, I see sparks of stuff you just haven't seen before with Loma and Taylor and uh, and Crawford. And you're right, Errol has, has yet to really show that, oh, shit, I've never seen that before. Dare what, I 70 say 70 in a Lambo? I've never seen that before. But you know, I, I suspect this division is weaker than it appears to most people, simply evidenced by the fact that Manny Pacquiao 
at 76 years old is still beating guys <laughs> still kicking around in that division. I mean, he's a senator most of the time. <laughs> most of the time he's working solving issues in the Philippines. And then in his spare time, he's going into this division and routinely beating some oh, of the yeah. better fighters. That's not good for the division at all. Oh, and yeah. the idea Durban that anybody's in that class. Yeah, well, there you go. Sad. Sad, really. That's what it is. You, they they want... got to stop trying to sell us overhyped guys. Put them in the ring and let's start seeing real fights. Just see senior, senior citizens with pre-existing conditions. The, look, that, that, that might have worked in the eighties. That might have worked. The stroke. That might have worked in the eighties and the nineties <laughs> and into the two thousands. Look, there's 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 way too much entertainment out there. You you talk about it all the time. I could watch scrub scrap fights. I love it. I could watch bum fights. I could watch two high school kids going at it on on the internet. I could well, watch. Separating. God forbid, one of those idiot Logan Paul brother idiots. I, I, there's so much I could be watching. If boxing's not going to give us good matchups, boxing's going to continue to lose its popularity. If you're going to keep having these these belts with these champions no one's ever heard of, all you're doing is hurting your sport. Mm, watering and it's it down. getting worse by the day. Yes. Yes, you're right. And with that being said, that moves on to our next topic. It's official. Fight announcement, Floyd Mayweather will face YouTuber Logan Paul in an exhibition bout February 20th. Where do I even begin? This is like, I, I don't even know. I don't even want to yell. Like, I, I've expended so much energy on this bullshit. Like, I don't even have it in my soul. I don't have that anger anymore because this is just sickening. I'm sick. I, I want to bring up... My friend Zach, I, I messaged him. I sent him on Instagram, the Instagram post of Floyd Mayweather. This is what he responded. Boxing is not dying gracefully. It's going to out kicking and screaming, doing freak shows. And, uh, like, that's just the, that's the perfect analogy. Like, this is w, like this WWE stuff. We saw the Floyd Mayweather take on the big show. Honestly, I, I like that a little bit more than Floyd Mayweather taking on a YouTuber. Jared, I are you are you still there? I think Jared walked off the set. <laughs> yeah, whenever you guys are done talking about it, I just you listen, I, I literally don't care about this fight. Uh, it was laughing Clarissa Shields called his brother a uh the a clown. Uh, he called her. She called him uh, a, a fake Eminem or something. Uh, you saw Jamel Hill was actually messing with uh, Logan about being racist for knocking out Nate Robinson, and he's such a clown that he thought he thought she was being serious. I I hate Floyd. I've never pulled for Floyd in a fight, but I hope he beats Logan Paul so badly that Jake feels it, and that he breaks all the arms in his in his body, beating Logan Paul into the ground. And then he can't fight again either. And then everybody wins. Well, you know what? For me, I like Devinson Figueredo. And I like uh, Brandon Mori Learn Marino. Um, I, I like those guys. So I say we break up that fight. And each one of those guys can fight one of these guys. Right? Mm -hmm. Figueredo and Floyd. 
Logan and and Mer- and then I have a horse in both races. I like that. Because I don't like either one of these guys. And I like both of those guys. This is, um, and there's like, I mean, we, we can go back and forth for days about there is a spot for this. You know, and I kind of wanted to bring this up as frustrating as this is. Name another sport. And I will tell you the littler version of it. Name it. If you say boxing, I'm going to say, what's the little bit? You're going to say amateur. I'm going to say Olympics. You're going to say, yeah, I'm going to say professionals are allowed, which means somebody with zero experience could walk in. They would have to let you fight. And if you kept winning, you could fight a professional world champion before you were done that year. So no, that doesn't count. But if you said baseball, I'd say softball, fast pitch softball, slow pitch softball, Wiffle ball leagues that Joe and I are in. You're welcome. (laughs) Now I'm pumped. And Um, you've got my attention. (laughs) Yeah, flag football. NASCAR has flipping go-karts. And how and and how high does that go? Like any other sport, you can talk about the alternative, the every man's alternative that we can do. You go to a slow pitch softball game, there's some fans in the stadium, they don't all want to watch. It's not like a scrub scrap. But why is it that the most entertaining one that we have doesn't have a slow pitch version? You can't name another sport where I can't tell you the slow pitch version except for boxing. We got to go in there with eight ounce gloves and and the and the uh, amateur helmets just like professionals would be wearing. It doesn't. The Aguirre family really are not fans of Mayweather. There's not a single uh, one of us. Find a spot for that. What'd you say? My mother said, has Mayweather ever fought a real contender? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nobody in their prime, Mom. Nobody in their prime. Uh, uh, Alfonso Gomez was on the contender. <laughs> See what I did there? You're welcome. Uh, but, uh, like. Listen, it's just, it's just you're taking advantage of the layman. That's what yeah. you're doing here. And if you're going to do that. Leave a spot for us. That's all I'm saying. This needs its own spot so that we can have our own spot so that we're not saying that these are the greatest fighters in the world when everybody in their gym knows they're not. You guys spar with Ryan Garcia? Everybody who ever watched you spar with Ryan Garcia. Did you ever see TJ Dillashaw and Loma? There's a sparring yeah. session between TJ and Loma is playing patty cake with him. He looked. He looks like my dog doing five, 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 paw, paw, paw. That's what he looks like. He's playing with him and he's dominating the, like he's trashing this guy who has some boxing skill, especially for MMA guys. Everybody there, everybody in the know. And normally fighters don't share those sparring sessions. It's a little bit against the code, but um, everybody in there knows where everybody ranks up. So yeah. you're taking advantage of the people outside the gym that don't know that Logan Paul is not there yet and there's no way he could be. It is literally impossible for him to be where people are saying he is. Mayweather carried a world-class MMA athlete in Conor McGregor. And it looked like what, what you're saying, Jared. Like he carried him through the 10th round and then he said, okay, I'm going to end it now. Find the reports about his prop bet. 
Final yeah. reports about Mayweather's prop bet because he hit him with the punch he wanted in the round he wanted. He only threw straight right hand. Why were there no uppercuts or hooks? Why are yeah, you chasing a guy around a ring trying to knock him out but not throwing any uppercuts or hook? Because you made a side bet on what round you would knock him out in and which punch you would hit him with. And that's the type of stuff we're going to keep getting if we get this. And people like us that are boxing fans and want to know who the best fighter is, we're going to keep getting more and more pissed off about it. But you this know, is why, entertaining. If, look, if, if Floyd was serious, then he would have developed a scrubs scrap-like program where – Logan mm. Paul or any clown on TikTok or anybody, anybody you, you could come and maybe you train with Floyd for a year and, 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 and then have some actual fights like you do have them do some sparring um, against actual competition before you start fighting heavyweight champions. Because look, if Floyd Mather wants, if Floyd Mayweather wants to start knocking out TV personalities or radio personalities. I mean, that's fine. Do it, but it, at least make it appear that you're not just carrying the fight and that it's something that yeah. is something worth watching because, you know, my children think Logan Paul has a shot against Floyd Mayweather. They don't know who Floyd Mayweather is. And all they've ever heard is that he never fought any real fighters. And they think Logan Paul's a real fighter. The disservice being done to boxing with this by Floyd, I find astounding. The only way this won't be a black eye on the sport, the only way this won't do any disservice to boxing is if Floyd Mayweather goes in and kills Logan Paul. Like that would be the only acceptable outcome that would not do harm to the sport of boxing. Am I wrong? But, but why would he? I, the, exactly. He's not going to. By the time, it's not going to happen. But if that's the only way that that fight would would be okay for boxing, that's the only way people would respect boxing. Because Floyd's going to go out there. He's going to carry Logan Paul 10 rounds or whatever, whatever his prop bet is. And people are going to go, oh, my God, this YouTuber lasted a couple rounds with the so-called greatest and people are going, this is killing boxing. I found what I think should be Floyd's next fight. I saw this guy on the internet. This was an amazing fight. I think Floyd's <laughs> got a shot against this kangaroo. I do. Now, in this fight, the kangaroo got punched in the face and then ran off. But I think with the right training... And with its own YouTube channel now, I think that kangaroo has a real shot. And he should get a shot. And we should pay Floyd $100 million to beat that kangaroo that lost and to we, that guy. We have to be fair. I've got to play devil's advocate so we can be fair here. Um, 2000, Floyd Mayweather beat Emmanuel Augustus. Then he beat undefeated Diego Corrales. Destroyed him, knocked him down five times. Then he beat Carlos Hernandez. Jesus Chavez and Jose Luis Castillo. And then he turned 23 years old and beat Jose Luis Castillo again. He didn't really start this cherry picking attitude of until, until he couldn't beat those guys anymore. He knows what Loma and Bud and Arrow will do to him and, and, and likely pack at this point. 
Because just like in chess, where you can't play bums over and over and over again without losing your edge, I'm not sure Floyd's got an edge. Rousey went through a period where nobody was punching her in the gym. Like, how hard are his sparring sessions? I think he can beat this guy. So does he. So don't the people closest to him. He's doing something safe and rewarding. That's going to make him money. I don't, you know, it's hard not to hate the game here, you know? I, I get looking for these guys to have some kind of morals, but to be fair, neither one of you wanted to check me when I threw my wife in there. A couple weeks ago, I said I could have done that with my wife and manufactured a career and WWE'd her way to a world title somewhere. Some vacant title against somebody on their debut and you're a world champion and people actually buy that shit. And neither one of you wanted to say, what about the moral code in boxing? Because you love me. Because that's my wife. Because it's No, because I think your wife could beat me up. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't tell Erica, nah. (laughs) Girl got a stiff right. I'm all set. (laughs) Bro, I'm betting in your house when she's taking out the garbage, the garbage goes right out. I don't think the garbage sits very long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, break. Uh, oh man, yeah. Trend, but, uh, trend listen, when I listen, too, boy, <laughs> Chase, when I sold them a house, I said to Erica, "I go, oh, does the house have to come with a dishwasher?" She said, "No, it does." You, Jared. She was talking about you, and <laughs> I, I didn't. I. That's fine. I'm not yeah. telling her what's up. Oh yeah, I'm uh, saying. We're starting to fear the day Trent says she's not picking up any more dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts mean mugging people. Oh, damn. All right. All right. She's no. come too far. All right. Let's get back to UFC. Starting with the former UFC light heavyweight title challenger, Anthony Rumble Johnson. He was released in a long line of what Dana White says significant releases last week we talked about yoel romero getting released now anthony rumble johnson and presumably more to come but he signs a deal with bellator which i think is probably right for him right now go to the heavyweight fight the guys like fedor uh um rampage jackson those uh dinosaurs but that leads us into who you got for this week. Who you got the greatest UFC light heavyweight fight that never happened. Anthony Rumble Johnson versus John Bones Jones. This was supposed to happen. They did a whole face off. Uh, Joe Jones and Rumble, they, they did a little like fake fight to uh, – pull a prank on Dana White but John Jones pissed hot and got himself taken to worry I don't know was that when he crashed into a pregnant I don't know what uh, offense John Jones had that pulled him out of that fight but Joe uh, I mean you said you got some heated words you're you're excited for this fight but uh what do you think um Anthony Johnson fought that's 170 for most of his career. He was 22 and six, 16 knockouts. Thanks to, of course, that one punch knockout power. Of course, he'd routinely show up for the weigh in six to eight pounds overweight as much as 11 
on one occasion. <laughs> he made his career being the biggest middleweight four times. He missed weight. How undisciplined is that? And I like him a lot. I really do. But, Jace, Cormier choked him out twice. And John beat Cormier twice. So I don't even know what you're talking about. What, what could Johnson do that Cormier couldn't? He can't wrestle. He, tra he tried with Cormier, and Cormier choked him out again. So if he can't beat Cormier, wh why would we even have this conversation? John's taking big punches. Johnson hit Cormier with his best punch, and you know what happened? Cormier went down and got back up. So no, Anthony Johnson can't knock out John Jones. He can't out-wrestle John Jones. They could fight 10 times, Jace. 10 times. And it would, it would never beat him. Do you understand that? The fight that never was, this is the fight that didn't have to happen. We, we, don't, we don't need to know. This is a fanboy question. I hate this. Who you got? Paul Selden or Muhammad Ali? What's next? Mitch Blood Green versus Joe Lewis? <laughs> Mighty Mouse versus Superman? Heathcliff versus Popeye? There's a lot of fights that never happened. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? What do you want to do? A Mount Rushmore of cartoons that could be humans? <laughs> Mike Tyson with an upper respiratory infection and against, uh, against Deontay Wilder after Mark Breland drugged his water. Who you got? <laughs> this is the worst who you got you have ever come up with. And you know it. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Totally agree. He muted totally himself. Agree. He got him in. He realized he's I muted. Did. Okay. You're welcome. Styles <laughs> make fights. And Anthony has Johnson, no style. Anthony Johnson does not match up well for Daniel Cormier. So don't keep throwing that in there. Anthony Rumble Johnson and John Jones, they both have very similar wrestling backgrounds. Both junior college All-Americans. So, I, I think when it comes to the mat, they're okay. John Jones, definitely the more technical striker. But Anthony Rumble Johnson is the hardest hitter in all of MMA history. Baloney. And you don't think that Anthony Rumble Johnson can land Baloney. on And Ghana would, would, would knock Johnson's head off his shoulders if he stepped in a ring with him. Get out of here with that crap. Look, like I said, a, I, don't think, I don't think Johnson hits that much harder, harder than Cormier. I don't. Maybe it's a little bit more. It ain't much more. I could, like I I could never John, get John's, behind this guy. John's Not taking punches. And and no one's taken John to the ground with a punch. Never happened. I always thought this guy looked his best at 155. You know what John Jones yeah, looked he like? He played a buck in the fight. Of course he looked good there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's part of it. And the other part is, I mean, just coming around so big afterward. You can't, you can't, I mean, it's hard to, to, to see a guy 70 pounds bigger than when he started fighting, especially in the drug era. You know, I remember when Barry Bonds was first denying steroids and he grew three and a half hat sizes in his 30s. In his hat size, in his 30s, whose head grows three, your skull, three hat sizes in your 30s. That does, it's, it doesn't make sense. So you see this guy and then you see a totally another guy and you go, 
there's got to be something else going on here. And the first time I saw him kind of leave the UFC, they threw him out for drugs. He came back huge as a heavyweight from the middleweight. Finally, he wanted to be in a weight class where he could make weight. I could just never get behind this guy. I'd, yeah, and I'd rather have a, I'd rather bring up a Couture or Lydell versus Jones. I had mentioned um, George St. Pierre versus Anderson Silva at light heavyweight as a greater light heavyweight fight that never happened. I think you're on point, Joe, here. This isn't, this isn't the who you got we needed. This is the fight that never, 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 never needed to happen. I mean, I get that being said, I get Jace's point. This is oh, me too, totally puncher. You like the puncher's chance aspect because of the athleticism. Um, because there was a time he was not making 155. You think he's got to be quicker and some explosiveness, but he never showed it enough at any weight class to be in any of those conversations. All right. and, and look, I want to let me just say, Jace, maybe I was maybe I was a little harsh there. If I was. I apologize. I like Anthony Johnson. I really do. But Rumble was impressive because he routinely fought three weight classes lower than he should have been. <laughs> Miguel Cotto. Yeah. So, yeah. You're the biggest You're the biggest middleweight. Congratulations. You hit harder than that. Well, of course you do. You're 30 pounds heavier. But you still knocking guys out with like heavyweight. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. He's not knocking John Jones out. I I I don't need to explain this again, do I? Who is I who is John top. Jones fought that had that knockout power? Tiago Santos, who had here. a whole destroyed knee. Anyone else? Who else had that knockout power? Cormier started to develop it late. He had it in heavyweight, no, not never light heavyweight. Most uh. Against, against just about everybody else. Okay, but would Gustafson's knockouts, were they as spectacular or as, like, did they have that oh shit factor like Rumbles did? No, they did not. He He's fighting at 230 in a 205-pound division. I mean, yes, he's knocking people <laughs> he out. Again, he even, as a, even as a light heavyweight, he's still overweight. What what are you talking about? All this right. is nonsense. Come Gosh. on, Josh Bangers like Josh Koscheck. Dude, imagine if imagine if Israel Adesanya went down to like strawweight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Dude, he would kick people in half. All right, I think this is a lot more interesting than you guys are making it sound. But we will move on. <laughs> Uh, and go to the previews for this weekend's fights. Starting off with the co-main event, my boy, Tony Ferguson, my second favorite fighter of all time behind Cain Velasquez, takes on the number seventh ranked lightweight, Charles Oliveira. Jared, what do you expect from this co-main event? This is one of the greatest eight-point strikers that I like here in the upset, Charles Oliveira. There are a couple guys that come to mind when you say eight-point strikers, Edson Barbosa, um, Charles Oliveira. 
I think Ferguson's in a touchable spot here. Um, and I like Oliveira with the upset. This should be this should be a great fight, but I think Oliveira could upset him. I'm glad you brought up the number eight because Oliveira's actually on an eight-fight win streak. Holds multiple UFC records, most submission wins at 14. He's tied for most at 16 finishes. So well 16 end-of-the-night bonuses in his career. Number seven right now, obviously, in the in the lightweight rankings. Oliveira has beaten eight nobodies. When he fought Pettis, Holloway, Edgar, Cerrone, Paul Felder, all these guys in their prime, lost to all of them. Tony Ferguson, obviously, coming off that horrible, horrific beating at the, the hands of Justin Gaethje. And while he did get foobarred in that fight, they had to stop the fight. They had to stop the fight. Tony Ferguson doesn't give up. Oliveira, and I hate to say this, and I'm not going to use the word gives up, but when Oliveira gets in trouble, as evidenced by those eight losses, all to big names, by the way, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, he gets choked out and taps quick. Hoist Gracie must be rolling in his grave at this stuff. Horrible. All A Brazilian right. jiu-jitsu guy getting choked out, giving up his back. There's, there seems to be those moments, and I love Oliveira. Don't get me wrong, Jared. I, I think this guy, he reminds me a lot of Uriah Hall, where you watch mm. the highlights and you're like, oh, God, this guy's insane. Then you see the 29 and 8, and you're like, where are these eight losses coming from? Mm. And it's all the best. Now, I'll say this. Oliveira's Im improved some of his game. He's a better striker, more head movement, more lateral movement. He's shown the but ability to bounce back from those. We haven't seen that yet from Ferguson. Jared, Not an asshole Jared, like that. As long as this giving up your back, getting choked out, and tapping quick things in your bag, it's there to employ. And, yeah. I, and I just have a feeling that Tony Ferguson, I mean, he's a pit bull. Tony Ferguson doesn't, doesn't, he's, again, you watch the Gaethje fight. How does a human being take that beating and he still keeps coming? Mm. Oliveira, he can't win. Oliveira is going to need to do something spectacular if he's going to win this fight. I just, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. I think Tony Ferguson's way too motivated in this fight. He's an animal. And I, I just don't know that, that, that Oliveira has enough weapons here to take somebody like tony ferguson out oh and if he bounces back the way he ought to i absolutely agree with you but i don't know that he can and if and if i'm and if i'm putting and if i'm putting money down the odds are in ferguson's favor and i think they're closer it's a little bit like the danny garcia fight where i where, where i kind of see the winner being the guy they have but it's a lot closer than what they have him by you know, Jared, so maybe Ferguson edges him out, but it's a lot closer than people think. Look at the way Deontay Wilder reacted to obviously a, a, a loss. Devastating. And I think for Tony Ferguson, the loss to Gaethje, I mean, that wasn't just a loss. It was it, that was the most vicious beatdown I've seen uh, maybe since Ortega got, got the, the daylights beaten out of him. Like, I mean, it was a vicious, vicious beating regularly. I, you know, I, I would say I'd be concerned about Tony Ferguson's mental capacities if they hadn't already been jeopardized way before this fight. Tony Ferguson, there's something ain't right with this cat. No. I love him. I love this guy, but th there's something ain't right. 
I, I, I don't think, I think for a regular human being with emotions who can process things normally, I think would struggle coming back from the Gaethje fight. I think Tony Ferguson's like an animal. I think he's got an animal. He's I, I, I think he's like a psychopath. Yeah. And again, not all psychopaths kill people. In this case, they just beat him senseless. I think Tony Ferguson, I, I would be shocked if Tony Ferguson didn't didn't put a beating on Charles Oliveira in this fight. Jared, um, I, I need a point of clarification from you. What do you mean by eight-point striking? Um, Hands, feet, knees, and elbows. And you're saying Charles Oliveira is one of the best. One of the better eight-point strikers in the UFC. You think he's better than Tony Ferguson at eight-point striking? Oh, yeah. Oliveira, yeah, yeah. Edson Barbosa. I think he in the in the spots in the pocket. No one uses elbows like Tony Ferguson. What? 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 Did you say all all eight pieces? By the way, because I think you missed uh, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. (laughs) Not sure if you if you got those. No, but like Tony's elbows. You want to argue first? Elbows. elbows. He's 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 dynamic on the feet. This dude throws everything at you. I think I, I'll tell you what, Jace. I mean, I I think the fact that not not only all of the things you just said and all the things I said, I think the fact that Tony Ferguson is a relentless animal in the ring. Again, I when I say animal, I mean no disrespect at all here. This guy's this guy. I mean, again. Jared, why would anybody have kept going at Justin Gaethje? Why would any any person in their right mind have stood in the pocket with Justin Gaethje getting hit with that punch over and over? Why? Why? Because he's a nutcase. That's why. He's going to run over Oliveira. He doesn't. He, that doesn't strike me as his gear. And you're right. You're right. I'm making a psychological assessment about a physical game. Yeah, but I I mean that damn, you have it like that and sometimes you lose it. I've seen it at scrub scraps. People get beat and it cha- it changes you as a human being every time you take a loss. You know, but it can completely change you as a fighter. We've seen co- uh, uh uh quarterbacks get see what do they call it? Seeing ghosts, the yips yeah. in baseball. You know, where it just kind of happens all of a sudden and the guy's not who he used to be. And um, that is usually following the type of fight Tony Ferguson just had with Justin Gagey. Okay. We'll see. Uh, Look, I mean, you know, uh, 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 an impressive 12-fight winning streak. I mean, it's, it's not like he was undefeated. It's not like it was... The only loss of his career, I think it's one loss. And 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 let's be honest, Justin Gaethje's a great, great fighter. Oh, there's yeah. no shame in, in the guy he got beat up by. If there's a guy in this division that you're going to get lumped up by, it's that guy. So, I, again, I, I just don't see where Tony Ferguson would be broken. I think he watched a fight. I think he figured out. Um, my brother had also pointed out uh, the double tap. That that uh, that he was doing double taps. He was the p- p- and and clearly Gaethje guessed it, and every double tap caught him a a, a, a knuckle sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Pavlov's dogs. It, it was bad. <laughs> tap tap punch. Tap tap punch. And and Tony Ferguson, 
uh, during the course of that fight became completely programmed by the tap, tap punch. So I, I, I think maybe if he goes to see a, a, a therapist, they'll have to do whatever the reverse, Jared, you probably know, the res- reverse of Pavlov's dogs, whatever that <laughs> might be, so that he stops doing that. But I, I, again, I, I would be, I, I, again, Jared, if this was anybody else in this division and we were saying, look, the, the, the beating, he, he just won't be the same, I would go along with that. I just think this guy's, just don't think he has those sorts of thoughts and feelings Somebody or emotions. But right. you might be right. And 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 look, if he does, it, and, and you'll know. I think you'll know pretty quick in this fight where Tony Ferguson stands uh, as far as his mental psyche. I Pre-gage, think you'll know. Pre-gagey, I don't even want to see this. It doesn't strike me as a good fight. I think we're obviously in agreement that Ferguson's probably the better overall well-rounded but I did man, that's it's tough to take a loss like that. It's tough. This is a good fight for him. Yeah, this is a good fight for him because this uh, again, I, I and I his uh, when handlers I say, did I like a better Oliveira. job picking somebody than Oliveira. When I when I first got back into MMA earlier this year, it was a Charles Oliveira highlight reel that one of the first things I came across, and I was like, oh, look what they're doing at MMA. And I and it really got me more. Like I said, I just started getting caught up on everything I'd missed since uh, Chuck Liddell, uh, and there was a lot. But I, again, watching the way that that Tony Ferguson fights, and and I've been following. I mean, I've literally watched everything Tony Ferguson's ever done. Uh, you know, right from that stupid TV show that I've never watched outside of it because it was that horrible. Um, I don't know. I I would be hard pressed to think that. Uh, this isn't sort of the right fight for Tony to get back on track, but if he doesn't, then he's done. Yeah, this, 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 true. this would be, um, it'd be time for Dana to rethink things if this doesn't go well or if this ends uh, quickly. I think if it ends in, like I said, spectacular fashion, uh, you know, where where Oliveira lands something that I, I, I just I can't picture Ferguson being unconscious. Yeah, if Ferguson were to lose, he might be the next of the Dana White's significant cuts. We'll, mm. we'll see. But uh, now from the co-main event, let's talk about the main event, which is being foreshadowed a lot by the co-main event, just how good that fight is going to be. But the flyweight championship, Devinson Figueredo, Less than a month off of his win last month uh, at UFC 255. Takes on Brandon Moreno, who also fought in the prelims for the 255. So they're both similar time off, no time off. Um, he Brandon Moreno, number one contender. Uh, we'll start with you this time, Joe. What do you expect from this fight? All right. Uh, listen, I was wrong about Figueredo last time. Uh, and in the show after I quickly admitted uh, that I felt and I had said that when I when I thought he might lose to Perez, what what the problem was, was the matchup. I just thought the style didn't work. And Figueredo left nothing to chance by just choking that SOB out quick as he could. Uh, so brilliantly done. Figueredo's record is 47% knockouts, 37% submissions, 16% by decisions. Moreno, on the other hand, 12% knockouts. So he's not going to knock Figueredo out. 
29%, which is probably his best bet, are um, are guillotines. Now, yes, totally. interestingly enough, well, we've talked about this, and my always my concern with Figueredo is he doesn't stuff takedowns. He goes for guillotines. And when he gets them, you're in trouble. The problem is he also puts himself in a position sometimes where a good wrestler can give him fits. Tell me you're not going to pick against this guy again, Joe. Don't. Oh, no, 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 no. Get on the train. Oh, kid. No. <laughs> I said it. I said a long reign if he beat D D Moreno. Look, Moreno's not going to get Figueredo's back because Figueredo, I just mentioned Oliveira, also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. So the chances of Moreno getting his getting behind Figueredo's 0% in my opinion. Zero. It's much more likely that Moreno's in a guillotine face down on the on the on the floor uh and and that fight ends like that um possibly in the first round but I'll say maybe in the second round but I think Figueredo uh I think this is a, a a good matchup for him obviously against the number 1 contender exciting I think he's going to again I said he beats he beats Perez long run I think this is the first of many also four fights this year I would like to nominate Figueredo as our fighter of the year. Yeah. Fair. I'll take it. I love this guy. Uh when we when we did our draft, I can't remember when who went right in front of me, but this is the guy I had and I'm and I I couldn't have been happier with the way that draft went, oh by the way, and uh this guy's going to keep proving it. I'm with you, Joe. I'm surprised if this sees the third round. I think it's a dominant fight. I think it's a knockout and I think it's early. Not first 10 seconds early, but I think that it's it's two different classes. And I love Marino. I love this kid. Is there a guy? He was on uh, the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Really, really scrappy kid. I, I mean, I, I really, really like this guy. This, his heart, his determination, his fight style, everything about Marino. Um, so it's for me, it's one of those fights where I got two guys in there that I really like, but I think it's obvious which one's which one's winner. Yeah, yeah love the idea of Figueredo being fighter of the year. I'm having trouble coming up with an argument against it the way he looked. Well, I'll tell you what. Listen, Dana wants to trim the fat, and if guys like Figueredo are like, listen, every three or four weeks, throw me in there with a with the number one contender. I'll, I'll take anybody on. Why would Dana need to? Why, why water down the sport if you've got guys that are willing to fight four or five times a year? Just do well, that. Like young like that doesn't make sense for guys to be in the game from when they're 19, 20 years old until they're 30 and have 23 fights. That doesn't make sense. At that age, I feel like you're knocking somebody out in the first round. You can fight three weeks later. Why are you taking the six, four, four to six-week training camp where you're in peak physical condition? Knocking somebody out in 30 seconds where it wasn't even as bad as some of your sparring sessions and then waiting another six to eight months to fight. It doesn't, it's never made sense to me. I wish we'd, we would see more of this. Get out there yeah. once a month. Bum of the month club. Clean it out, Figueredo. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there is not a flyweight prospect. Like I thought Perez was going to be like his toughest opponent, but right now he, he got over that fairly handily. Now it's just like grocery list, checking things off the grocery list. And I don't see any any other flyweight contender who's who's going to give him problems. And uh, we, we, this is like going to be another Mighty Mouse era-esque run. 
Yeah, until your boy right. until your boy Anthony Rumble Johnson comes back down and fights him, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> Anthony Johnson will destroy both of those guys at, at 140. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just he's picking on the little guys. That's that's just bullying <laughs> at that point. <laughs> but uh speaking of the big guys, let's talk some heavyweight boxing as Anthony Joshua takes on Kabrat Polev uh, to defend his titles. Uh, Jared, what do you think of this fight? Um, I man, I like it and I don't like it. I don't like it because it's not a great fight. It's not probably who Joshua should be fighting. Um, the guy's all right. He just never passed the eye test for me. He's got a a loss to Klitschko, but some big names on his on his on his uh resume. Sam Peter, Tony, Tony Thompson, Derek Rossi. I mean, he's beat he's beat a few of the guys. Just not the fight I want to see. And uh I think we all remember the video of him making out with the uh or kissing the reporter. It, the, they the, weren't making out. Making out both people can Yeah, attend. yeah. That was the choose a different set of words there, but his forceful kiss on the female reporter there. Um, so that's the part of it that I like is that I don't like him. And I think Joshua's handlers have found him something he can, he can work with here. Um, and I never want to see that guy, in a in a fight I feel like is real winnable. When you get a guy you don't like, and you kind of want to see him get beat up. You don't want to see him keep. There's nothing more infuriating than Floyd Mayweather. People who hate Floyd Mayweather, watching him fight, winnable fight over winnable fight after winnable fight, and never get in the ring with somebody who might kick his ass. Broner tried to do that, and you're watching these fights where you're like, maybe this guy can get at him. I hope this guy get, and he just won't fight anybody in the top twenty. And that's what I think we have here is somebody that we're pretty comfortable. All right, we want this guy beat up. I think we've got him paired up right. Yeah, uh, listen, Pulev's 39. I don't think he has the tools that it takes to beat somebody uh, like Joshua. He doesn't even have the tools that Ruiz had uh, in in making Joshua look bad. Uh, Kind of a pawing jab, sort of standard one-two punch combo. Not a slow-moving uh, average hand speed, really not great power. I I think this a is a good fight for uh for Joshua. I don't I don't typically think that someone doesn't have a chance in a fight. Uh, but don't forget Anthony Joshua after Ruiz changed his style. Uh, he's talked to his good buddy Vlad Klitschko. I'm sure they looked at the tape of the knockout Pulev suffered uh, at the hand of uh, Joshua's sparring partner and and good friend so uh i think this just sets joshua up nicely for uh a fury fight or two this uh this coming year and uh we'll see what happens but yeah i don't uh i just don't see it i think i think joshua unlike deontay wilder joshua lost and learned a lesson and went back to the drawing board to figure out I'm gonna do some things different. I'm, I'm, I'm. Maybe wow. I'm not just so great. I, I should do more. I actually heard uh, Fury's dad talking about the fact that Anthony Joshua went right back to the gym and was like, "All right, can't do that again. How do we win the fight?" 
Um, whereas Wilder, well, I don't think I need to get into that right yeah. now. <laughs> well, and most people don't. That's the beauty of Scrub Scraps is that you're you're the the human being inside of us. Most of us don't go that Wilder route. You know, 95, 98% uh, go go another route, which is why I say if I had my way, everybody would go into their third fight one and one. You would feel what it was like to win. You would feel what it was like to lose. And neither one of those experiences would compare to anything you'd ever felt before in your life. You know, so you get that from Joshua. Now, just a la Tony Ferguson may come out and walk through Oliveira tonight. I'm not going to be totally shocked if that happens. But when you when something like that happens, you either change forever or you revamp, you retool, you do the things necessary to succeed. It's a make or break moment. And uh, I expect Joshua to pass this with flying colors. This is not an Oliveira. Pushev Pulev is not is not Charles Oliveira. Uh, it, this is somebody Joshua can handle. I think it's a good job by his handlers to get somebody that looks good enough. Record looks good enough. Most people want to see him get beat up. I don't think he has a lot of fans out there clamoring to say so. You know, Jared, you make a great point. 28 and one, the one being Klitschko. It sounds, it sounds good. Then you're like, oh, he's 39 and kind of pudgy and slow. Yeah. Good enough mm. on paper is what this guy is. On paper is is what is what people uh, order pay per views based on. Yeah, brilliant fight yeah. here. Yeah, uh, I I think Joshua is going to dominate and get this done fairly easily. But now we're going to end the show like we always do, and Jared hit us with that flurry. Joe recently lost one of his best friends, someone he's known since his childhood and grew up with, to suicide. He mentioned it on last week's show, and I hope he doesn't mind me bringing it up again. I personally respect and admire his ability to share. He was re able to reach out to the people closest to him for a hand in a time of hurt and confusion. Joe was able to reach out in a way that so many of us are so often unable to do. We like to be strong, powerful, confident, and independent. We like to think we can take on everything the world has to offer by ourselves. Inside the ring, that's what's expected of us. But outside the ring, in real life, we need one another. When we reach out, sometimes we're able to help. Sometimes we aren't. And many people that need the help the most never reach out at all. And even when you reach out to help them, they believe they don't need it. Seems like for most of us, it isn't till death is staring us in the face that we're willing to admit we could use a hand. And even then, it's one of the hardest things for most of us to do. I experienced a real life version of this on Thursday. The day before last, I was on a roof with a female business owner, probably in her 50s, working on an estimate to clean the kitchen hood exhaust and HVAC systems at our marketplace. I hopped down off a flat roof onto a slanted roof where the ladder was leaning against. I reached my hand out to her and said, do you need a hand? She shook her head. No, I got it. I got it. And I turned and made two steps down the ladder when I heard her foot get caught in the gutter and looked up in time to see her land on her back and start sliding backwards down the slanted roof head first. I grabbed the top of the ladder, jumped over it and grabbed her ankle with my other hand. <clears throat> when I was sure I had a good hold on her and she was okay, I held the ladder with my foot and for a second time in just a few seconds, reached out, offered her a hand. 
This time she took it. We can never know for sure how close we may be to a dangerous situation, and none of us can handle everything life throws at us by ourselves. We're going through a tough time in the world, tougher than I ever remember, so when we struggle, it's as important as ever to reach out, and if someone very close to you offers a hand, you might just want to take it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for that, Jared. Uh, I mean nothing is asking for help is there's no weakness in it. There's no weakness in showing emotion. There's no weakness in asking for help. And if you need help, feel free to ask someone you care about. Cause they will gladly help you if they truly care about you. You know, a final thought um, to Jared, uh, my therapist, since I've met him basically, uh, a, a great friend and, and someone who is, has always been an easy person to talk to. And I've said this before, I'll say it again, uh, 80% of my face-to-face conversations with Jared end in tears, about 75% of phone calls end that way, uh, as do about 50% of these shows. Um, I've never felt so conceited that I wouldn't ask for someone's help and between Jason and, and all of the other uh, amazing people uh, at CMG podcasts, the love and support I got from everybody as I uh, dealt with, with this tragedy, um, you know, just people, every couple of days, how you, how you feeling? Just wanted to check in on you. A buddy of mine has COVID. I sent him a text. I said, how are you feeling? He said, yeah, I'm getting better every day. How are you doing? I know you were pretty devastated by that loss. Um, And again, I mean, there's a guy puking into a bucket. And he's more concerned about how I'm feeling. Um, Meanwhile, my heart's broken for my friend's children. Um, You know, the, the, the pain I feel isn't, isn't, isn't my own. And for everyone around me to, Sharing that uh, means the world to me. Um, I don't like to cry on on camera, but um, it's about to happen. So I'm just going to finish what I was saying. Okay. If we can, uh, if we can't do that, then we don't belong here. You know, I've always uh, struggled with somebody who could watch. Kitty Genovese, I think, is the one of the most famous stories, but you have this kind of bystander effect. You know, people nowadays are so used to being behind or in front of the camera so that it's not real. You know, I'm just kind of watching it. I'm it's not I don't have to dedicate myself to it. I can just kind of watch. And uh when when people suffer around us if we're not reaching out if we're not coming together if the people around you are watching you go through that kind of situation joe and they're not embracing you then then they don't deserve to be around you because you have a light and a love that warms me and i think a lot of the people around you would agree with that warmth being a warm thing that you deserve to have around you if you're going to be there when shit hits the fan in times of hurt and confusion, if you're going to be right there. 
then you deserve that light, that love, and that warmth. And if you're not, then you don't. I refuse to surround myself with anybody who's not like that. <laughs> love you, brother. Same. Love you, too. I, and and I, I mean, you know, I, I look at I, I think the three of us could kick most asses. Anybody who's watching this, a lot of tears on this show. You don't think that these are three tough guys? Uh, you know, we talk, uh, get over the macho bullshit. Who cares? Uh, it, it, I mean, to me, I, have always, I think it takes, it takes a lot to be a big man, to step up, to admit when you're wrong, to admit when you don't know something, to admit when you lost, to cry, mm. to have emotion, to be strong. To be strong and cry with somebody else. It's why uh, most of, scraps works. Most I mean, of my, a, Jared, most of my conversations with you start off very inane. I'm like, well, let me tell you what's going on with this thing. And by the time we're done, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You need it. Feels good. And it makes me happy. I so. think in, in a way, I mean, you talk about the uh, the machismo and bravado. And uh, in a way, I think that makes it the best place for it. Because, you know, you all get together and we talk about fighting here where we actually do some fighting at Scrub Scrubs. But you bring, you bring that bravado and machismo right to the height. And then you go, hey, this stuff is okay. And it's hard to reconcile in your head how the toughest among us are also okay being in touch with their emotions. But I found that at gyms over and over and over again, that there were that there were fighters who'd been through the worst traumas in their life, where people who didn't find boxing and had been through the same traumas weren't even able to communicate and, and uh, connect on a personal level. And these guys were, you know, ready to help the kid learn something or or ready to give a hug or ready to help somebody up off the canvas that they just knocked down. You know, you found it over and over and over again. Like, why aren't we mainstreaming this? this and it's beautiful. I love that, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Put that, put that bullshit behind you. It's okay. What we do here. And you need you, you're out there listening and need somebody to call. You feel like you reach out and the people around you aren't there for you. Reach out to one of us. We'll find, we'll find you somebody to talk to if we can't do it ourselves. I promise you we will make time. It's the type of individuals you're dealing with. I uh, stayed up really late last night and um, need a little motivation before I hopped in the shower before we went live this morning. And I listened to uh, Charlie Daniels' band. Devil went down to Georgia. And I got to tell you, tears in my eyes. Through that entire friggin' song. I don't know what it is. If it's being 45 or a father or being in quarantine or what. I definitely, I definitely feel more emotional about things. I was literally just looking to get a little fired up before we got on here because I knew I had to rip Jason new one for that who you got. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I showered beforehand because uh I'm gonna want to watch that back 10 more times. Um but you know what, man? It, it, the emotions is what drives me. It's and, and usually the emotion is love. And with love will always come anger and sadness. Those are just part and parcel. But if you're if you're just having the angry and the loving part and none of the tears and the I think you're you're missing out on the true experience of life. Oh, 
And I think that's the worst part of it because there's a lot to love. There's a lot to appreciate about this world. Mayweather fights? No. But a lot of (laughs) other things. And we should focus on that. Yeah. And if you have to put on a front, if you have to put on that machismo front, that mask, when you're with a friend, then they really aren't your true friend. If you can open up, be yourself, cry, then they are a true friend and really Mm. care about you. Well, then I promise you those emotions are going to come out of you. You have to decide how. You know, yes, the, the the people that are doing that through tears, through hugs, through helping hands, through chats like we're having right now, those are going to be the happier, healthier, more successful people among us. Those emotions, I promise, they will come out of you. You might punch somebody on the street one day. You might be freaking out in a gas station and go viral. Maybe that's how it'll get out of you. But uh, if you don't do it in positive and healthy ways, it'll find its way out in other ways. And I think that's uh, that's 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 one of the main reasons we do it, you know, to connect, but also because it just has it's just got to have a spot. Yes, sir. And Jared, you mentioned Among Us. Make sure you tune in to the Clovercrest Media Group uh, Twitch channel later today, six o'clock, where we will we will be playing Among Us. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by Clovercrest Media. Make sure you go to clovercrestmedia.com. Check out any of the 30 other podcasts that they have in store. Sports, uh, politics, uh, true crime. Go check it out. Clovercrestmedia.com. And for myself. Wait, Jared, real quick. There's uh, uh, not Jared. Sorry, Jace. What I meant to say is Jared. Uh, he mentioned all those podcasts. There's three different podcasts you could listen to this week where it's me screaming at Jace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. Screaming uh-huh. at Jace. Uh-huh. Enjoy that them all. Be, that should be its own uh its own podcast. <laughs> and now screaming at Jace with Jace Garcia and Joe I'll, I'll tell you what, if I didn't love that dude and respect that dude, I would never talk to him like the way I do on these shows. So I just want you to know, big guy. Thank you. How much, much I love and appreciate everything that you do, even when you come up with the worst who you got of all time. <laughs> Thank boy. you. Thank you. I love and appreciate both of you. Thank you, guys. I love and appreciate Tony uh, watching, everyone watching. Love and appreciate you guys. Make sure you tell someone you love them. Thank you for watching, and we will see you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.